Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast from Mobile, Alabama. I am Bo Wolf, joined by Zach Berman. Zach, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited to see you. A little bit of FOMO, I got to admit. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. Oh, right this now. is my Clint Hurt impression. Oh. <laughs> All right. I was I was trying I was wondering why your picture changed. We can get to that. But yeah, I I uh I gotta admit, like, you know, I, a, I talk to Emily sometimes when when she has you know FOMO about like social stuff. I don't get that, but definitely have that regarding the senior bowl because um I see all these all these pictures on Instagram and on Twitter and I'm watching it, watching the whole practice and wish I was there so eager to talk to you about what's going on down there. Well, you did a great job running things with Handsome Rich yesterday. That was a fun episode to listen to. Uh, so I hope uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope Emily's doing well. I appreciate that. Uh, you had the pillow in, in, in your shirt there. That's that's probably the biggest news that's going on in, in Philly that came out last That week. I had a pillow? <laughs> that uh, according to the NFL Network, the Eagles are adding Clint Hurt, former Seahawks defensive coordinator as uh, their defensive line coach, who has a long history with Vic Fangio. Um, they were together in Chicago. Uh, and and then also, uh, we don't know the capacity yet for Carl Scott, but um, comes over, he has a background in defensive backs and presumably will be in some variety there uh, working with the D-backs. So this, this staff continues to fail out, but a lot of changes uh, still left to be done. Now here's my here's my take on that, Zach. Um, and we've got some interviews from practice coming up as this episode goes on. We're going to talk to Dan Brugler. We're going to talk to Olivia Reiner from the Inquirer. And then on the PHLY YouTube feed, you will see a, a bit of a longer interview with Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. And I brought this up to Jimmy, but Zach, imagine that you are Sean Desai, and you have been fired midseason by the Eagles in favor of Matt Patricia, a not good defensive coordinator. You've also been, you've, you've been forced to suffer the ignominy of not just getting to leave, but having to be promoted upstairs and like a camera on you the whole time. So you can't really show your emotions. You have to go through this whole thing and, and pretend to be a good soldier as the defense flounders without you and looks like the worst defense in football. Then a week after the season's over, you are the uh, like ceremonial person thrown to the wolves as, oh, okay, Nick Sirianni has decided to fire Sean Desai and and has been the one to make the call. This is the first piece of news that that leaks out, and you know you've already been fired. And then you are replaced permanently by your mentor, and then he fills out his staff with the guys who you just worked with two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. It's, Poor guy. It, yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, there's a few things in 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 there that strike me as like the most egregious. Uh, one being that he he they had to do the charade of him being the defensive coordinator for competitive advantage that week, and and then they didn't want to announce that Nick was coming back, but that they, they that they used him dismissing. Uh, and dismissing Sean Desai as a way of saying to deserve this, that, he's, that he's Nick been was dragged through the mud for the whole time. Yeah, that that Nick was coming back. The the part about like him being replaced by 
by his by his mentor and then putting the Seahawks staff together. I I hear you and like that sucks. There's also a part of that where that's the business they chose, right? And like Sean sure. Desai knew just a, a year little ago. sprinkles on top of the crap sun. Yeah. Yeah, Sean Desai knew a, a year ago that the Eagles wanted Vic Fangio, right? Uh, that Vic Fangio thing, is, you know, there's been reporting that, it's, that has come out since then that it, it, it went sour in Miami. So presumably the Eagles were, were would try to pounce. Like we talked about uh, Fangio as a possibility even before he was dismissed by the Dolphins because those rumors had come out. Um, so that part of it. It, yeah, it kind of compounds with all the other stuff, but the other stuff in particular, the charade before the Seattle game, and then the the, the Nick fired Sean part of it, uh, that part's unbecoming to me. So what do you make of the uh, Clint Hurt and Carl Scott of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that you're you're adding guys with legit NFL experience here, right? Uh, I, I thought the Eagles staff was a little thin on that and not to say that it's a prerequisite, right? You always need your first chance, but I even spoke to you last year about how at all three levels, they had guys other than, you know, Tracy rocker who before coming to Philly, you know, I think had had one or two years with the Titans, but their D backs coach, their linebackers coach, it was like their first time coaching the, at, at the position coach level in the NFL. Um, and that you didn't necessarily have that established uh, experience, although I suppose that's an oxymoron, or, or I suppose it's redundant because experience within itself is established. But the experience that was there before, and certainly Clint Hurt, right, a a defensive coordinator in the league, established position coach in the league, that gives you somebody who comes with those credentials. Uh, Carl Scott's been around a, a bit in in the league, was on Nick Saban's staff. At Alabama, um, you know, like we spoke less as we spoke last week. Then, you know, speaking to, to to Barry gives them that that's potential linebacker coach experience with coordinator experience. Uh, Mike Caldwell would fit that as well. So I I look at that as really beefing up the defensive coaching staff. No pun. Yeah, it's what we talked about last week about how last year they were at the end of the hiring cycle, and so all of the positions were. Uh, filled across the league, whereas now they're at the forefront of it and they have a chance to to beef up those spots given all the turnover elsewhere. I do like worry just a little bit about like are they going too far? Like like if they hire Mike Caldwell too, and it's like two defensive coordinators and and Carl Scott who's established, and what if they hire a former offensive coordinator as the quarterbacks coach? Like is that too much? Like, is that, is that too many egos to manage uh, for guys who are going to have to be subservient in some degree? And like, can they all be good soldiers and, and pull in the same direction when they've all been in bigger jobs in the past? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, presumably you want like a couple guys who are like young and scrappy and sure. trying to prove themselves for the first time. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's all, it's all a, a very inexact science. Yeah. I, I, I do think though, they they needed different than what they had last year in terms of, of of that experience. And, you know, I remember talking to Nick about the benefit of having those with college coaching backgrounds. It, it wasn't necessarily targeted, but there's a lot of like emphasis on fundamentals when you're coaching in college as opposed to, you know, maybe scheme and game plan related stuff. Um, that, that might be a generalization, but 
it is the case here that I, I look at Doug's initial staff, which was a really good staff. Uh, you know, uh, Ken Flagel was a former defensive coordinator in the league. Like had had those uh, bona fides. Uh, and when you have that across the board here, it really does give you a strong established coaching staff. And I, I suppose you can say maybe, you know, too strong for Nick, but I, I don't think that's the case. Nick's entering year three. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Entering year four. It's been to the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, he is coaching for his job, if you will, but Nick's not a first time coach anymore. And I, I think Nick, I think Nick can handle it personally. Well, the other thing that that is interesting here is in terms of the per- personality dynamics. One thing we've always heard about Nick is that he's he's tough on the coaches, right? He coaches mm-hmm. the coaches hard, and part of the reason that he had the equity to do that is because he had so much loyalty, and that that has changed now. But as much as he is supposedly going to be like hands off on the defense now, is that also the case with the position coaches? And so, like. Nick doesn't have the earned equity with Clint Hurt or Carl Scott to come in and and be hard on them if like they're Fangio guys, right? Like, I, I am well, I am probably just being like pessimistic and a little bit um, uh, reactionary. I, I don't know what the right word is, but like it seems like it's setting up the classic offense versus defense dynamic where like things can get a little bit combative. Perhaps, you know, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, Again, I actually think what it does pure speculation. Sure. I, I think what it does is actually almost the other way around is that I, I think sometimes you need assistant coaches and position coaches who can push back to, you know, that who, who can offer their own ideas. And, and, and I think one of the problems with having the internal pipeline, because I like the idea of the internal pipeline, Doug Peterson, talked me about it. Nick Sirianni has talked about it. The problem is, and I, I've spoke about this specifically with Doug, is that you have people who are then indebted to you, right? Like their breaks in their career are coming because of you. And are you getting the type of pushback you need? Are you getting enough uh, contrarian voices or different voices in the room when you have people who go from you know, quality control coach to assistant position coach, to position coach, and it's all because of you, right? Um, so I think when you do have those strong voices from elsewhere, it's beneficial. Now, it's also potentially combustible, but that's – look, that that's why uh, Nick's paid the big bucks is, is it's your job to manage this coaching staff and to be the head coach of a coaching staff. Uh, All right. And so that leaves Zach from what we can tell, you know, you mentioned the guys they interviewed for linebackers coach, presumably that will be filled. We don't yet know if Jeremiah Washburn is going to stay on, if they want to continue to have a separate coach for the edge rushers versus the the defensive line. Uh, We haven't heard anything on the quarterbacks coach front yet. You know, we'll try to sniff around that here at, at, uh, at, at mobile, but, but no word yet. Um, and still not no official announcements on the rest of the the offensive position coaches yet. If I can interject real quick, because you know, I, I have a list of things I want to ask you. And one is that I keep scanning social media for like pictures of Eagles people there. Um, and I I remember vividly we're watching practice two years ago, and 
you know, we see Julian Lurie with yeah. Jeff Stoutland and Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman, and they're all watching practice together. Uh, and there's a handful of Eagles reporters down there, obviously you included. And I, I haven't seen those pictures of the Eagles staff. Are the Eagles well represented there? Are they late arriving? How would you characterize that? So the Eagles footprint here is certainly smaller than it was two years ago. You know, obviously we weren't here last year and neither were they for the most part because they were still in the playoffs. Uh, I haven't seen any coaches. No Eagles coaches are here so far, which sort of makes sense because they're still figuring out what the staff is going to look like. You you know, it wouldn't have been a huge surprise to see like Stoutland down here necessarily. But um, it has just been, uh, you know, you see area scouts. Some of those guys are on the field. They've also, it's different this, or I guess they started doing this a couple of years ago where the media is supposed to sit on one side of the stadium and then like the team personnel is supposed to sit on the other side of the stadium and everybody follows those rules. But um, so, you know, I have seen uh, Jake Rosenberg on the way down here, um, Adam Barry, Jeff Scott, uh, a bunch of the the um, uh, area scouts, um, I heard that Alec Hallaby was here. I haven't seen him, um, but yeah, it's it's the front office people, the the, the coaching staff. There's no Howie so yeah. far, and there's no, no no coaches yet. And what I find interesting about that is a team like Pittsburgh, for instance, right? Who was eliminated at the same time? They are not rebuilding their entire staff, but hiring a new offensive coordinator. I'll spare you the Arthur Smith joke, but Mike Tomlin's there on the on the sideline today, right? Um, and you know some teams seem to value having their coaches there more than others. I, I saw, uh, you know, to Sean Reed, the outstanding Raiders reporter, he said that, you know, their uh, coach Antonio Pierce and their GM Tom Telesco are not there. And that's a team that's, you know, drafting high, um, but they're kind of relying on on their scouts and the rest of, the, of, of their front office. So I, I, I do know there's a shift in NFL circles uh, with some teams to not have like your coaches on site for this event. You know, the Rams have, have pulled back from the combine as, as well, but yeah, like I'm, I'm watching today and, and I, I know you and Fran will, will, well, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Oh, okay. tomorrow yeah. Fran and I will, yeah. will dive into the, the players who are here and talk a little yeah. bit more about that. We'll do the, uh, the, the, I wouldn't, I can't say annual, but the yeah. traditional uh, senior bowl quackatology. Yeah, I, I I also shouldn't say. Am I allowed to say that on a live show? Because like there's there's no putting the toothpaste yeah. uh, back in the tube at that point. But no, I, I'm I'm watching the practices today, and it's a really good group of offensive linemen, relatively yes. speaking. As you pointed out, you have a, a a diehard piece today on first round options that are there there, and most of them were offensive linemen, and we're you know I mean it's safe to say Jeff Stoutland's back, right? It would make sense for Jeff Stoutland to see. You know Tyler Guyton on yes. the field up uh, up close, so it, it did surprise me when I didn't see it. And there was a big deal made, um, you know, two years ago when Julian Lurie was was visible there on the sideline watching practice. And we know, you know, Julian's increased role in uh, the franchise. I I th- I thought we'd see him there with Howie. Uh, I so, did not, to be to be okay. Honest, I, I just think it's a priority thing. Like they have more important things to do right now. Like if they had nothing else to do, I mean, remember two years ago they they retained the entire staff. Sure. Like and so this was priority number one. It's not priority number one right now. Yeah, I, I just think once you have your your coordinators in place, uh, 
I don't know. I I think um I I was surprised. I, I thought we'd see at least Nick down there. Maybe they're coming down for a day, right? They've done that in the past, but yeah, that that did surprise me. And the Senior Bowl sometimes used as like a, a coach interview convention. You know, specifically in in twenty sixteen, I believe it was Chris Wilson was hired down there. The Eagles interviewed mm. Chris Wilson to be their defensive lines coach down there at the senior bowl and hired him. Uh, so that, that did strike me a bit as surprising, especially. And I, I see in the chat, uh, Jason says this, this is a uh, more stacked senior bowl lineup than you see in the past because they're allowing underclassmen to play uh, a, a little bit more. So you have, uh, you have so, uh, not all your top prospects, but I, th- I think some, a greater volume of better prospects are, in there. So uh, yeah, that, that surprised me not having that Eagles representation on the ground. Well, uh, speaking of what's going on down here, why don't we use this opportunity to uh, throw to the conversation I had with Dane Brugler at the beginning of practice today. So this is before we saw anything that had happened on the field on day one, more of a preview of what was to come. Just a, a quick check-in with our old friend, Dane Brugler from the athletic. Everybody. Bo Wolf for PHOY at the Senior Bowl. And I just sat down and I have found the number one guy, the most important person here, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. First of all, Dane, how are you? Good. It's good to be with you. It's a beautiful movie. Uh, it's going to be 60 today. So you love that. Well, yeah, last time I was here, it was, it was rainy. Uh, not, so, not so great. Uh, I want to talk about my favorite name here, which I, I hope that you will like, but let, we'll do a couple Eagles questions first. That will be, I'll be quick with you here. Give me who you think will come out as the best offensive tackle here. It's hard not to say Tyler Guyton, uh, Oklahoma, right tackle. Uh, just the way he moves is different. It, it just, is he the most polished? No. The most technically sound? No. But when you project him out, um, it's, it's easy to get excited about where he could be down the road. So one-on-ones will be interesting for him. See how he holds up. He has the athleticism, no doubt. But is he far, far enough along with his technique where he's going to be able to hold up against some of the pass rushes we have this week? I see, like, the, the, the story of him, super athletic guy from Oklahoma. I think if there is a Lane Johnson replacement, right. that's the guy. Is that right. Well, right? he only played right tackle at, at Oklahoma. Uh, he needs, you know, he needs a few courses and a stout one, you know, just to get, get further along from than where he is, but again, the draft's all about traits, and this guy's got him. Okay, uh, second question. I'm thinking a day two skill position player, wide receiver or running back, somebody to add a little juice to the Eagles offense. Who's somebody to watch here? I'm a big fan of Roman Wilson, uh, Michigan wide receiver. Um, you know, he's undersized, but that's why we're giving him on day two. Um, he, his speed, his quickness, he can get open. Um, and really, same things, same, same things about Lavin Conkey, uh, the Georgia wide receiver. Undersized, been banged up over his career. But again, that's that's why you're getting him uh, probably midway through day two, late two, early three, as opposed to a guy that's going to go in the top 30. So you trade off the, the size concerns for a guy that just knows how to get open. And both Roman Wilson, Lavin Conkey, both those guys know how to get open. They're very good at the catch point. They can hurt you after the catch. So uh, excited to see both those guys. One more real question. 
Secondary is a need for the Eagles. Anybody here that you really like? It's got to be Quinnon Mitchell, uh, yeah. Toledo corner. Um, you know, he's, you can make the argument he's the best defensive player here. Uh, I think the UCLA pass rusher, Leonti uh, Matu, might have a case, um, and, and a few others, but Quinnon Mitchell's right there in the mix. His ball production's outstanding. Uh, you know, coming from the MAC, you want to see him against maybe some better competitions, better wide receivers. We'll see that during one on ones. So excited that he's uh, down here to compete and has a chance to really cement himself as a top 25 guy in this round. All right, you are a family man. You got yeah. kids. If you're cooking dinner and you're making uh, Tanner Bordellini, what are you using on the side? <laughs> A great Wisconsin center. Uh, yeah, he, he's an athletic player. Uh, guard moved to center this year. Uh, you know, he's someone that I think can open some eyes because he's, he's an athlete. He can move. So that, that's a great, there's some good names down here. Good names. And then last question if you had one day with the time machine, what would you use it for? Oh, wow. Just in general, like not prospect related? Yeah, just, yeah. Well, I mean, it could be. Yeah, go back and fix someone on my drafts. <laughs> That's good. Gosh, that's 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 a tough question, but yeah, professionally, I could sure use a time machine. Uh, go back in time and fix my uh, Danny Watkins fit, my projection. That, that maybe uh, Howie would want to do that too. Yeah, I think that might be the one that he uses it for too. All right, Dan Brugger, thank you so much. We uh, we appreciate it. We can all read your work on the Athletic. You are the best. Thanks, man. I have a new answer for the time machine, Zach. Let's hear. How about it? Wait, wait, wait. By the way, great job getting an A-lister to kick off. That is that is huge down there. Good work. Yeah, so time best. Yep. Uh yeah. Yeah. And thanks for hanging with us on the audio. You know, not not perfect, but I think Julia did a great job by cleaning it up, making it work. Uh I would go back to Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, when I there was there was like one one login that was like every time I, I tried to log into it, like the page crashed and i couldn't get it to fix and so i cleared my cookies but i didn't really pay close attention to what i was clearing and all of my sign-ins for all of the things that i'm signed into i lost all of them i gotta like figure out what my passwords are uh like send myself it's 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 been such a hassle so that's what i would change i what a privileged uh, life i've led but that's that was it i sympathize with you there because we sometimes take for granted uh, the auto, you know, the autofill in the password, mm. right? And I understand you can you can get your password with the autofill, but then once it's out of there, you got to yeah, Ugh. you got to do the password reminders and the and emails. I think you've text. done them all, and then all of a sudden yeah. you go to a different. Oh, I forgot about yeah. this one. There's no way I know this password. Oh, exactly. Yep. Brutal. Yeah. I well, uh, the two guys, two guys he mentioned, uh, who I think are worth just touching on quickly, Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback mm-hmm. from Toledo, a guy who, like, you know, when he comes in, coming from the Mac, you want to see how he fits in, and you just you want to see how he moves. And boy, like, just one practice, he looked awesome. Um, he looked like the best defensive player on the field, and I think he could be a potential possibility for the Eagles at 22. And then uh, Guyton. The guy who uh, is the super athletic right tackle from Oklahoma, you think of him as potentially a Lane Johnson replacement, needs to put on some muscle. And you know one way that he could do that, Zach? Tell me. We'll put on some weight. He could eat some bagels, some Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly with Bagels & Co. We're talking huge bagels, the biggest bagels in Philly. They've got a large variety, 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. 
They've got seasonal bagels as well. They've got the largest cream cheese variety, 30 different flavors of cream cheese and schmears. And it's an affordable brand, baby. You get a lot of food for cheap. And in today's inflationary world, they think that's key. So, Mr. Guyton, AJ's brother. Don't think that's true. For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest bagels and co near you. And we are going to be in Vegas next week eating bagels, uh, perhaps. But if we if if uh, we're trying to think of how to spend some extra money in, in, in Vegas, bagels is one way to do it. What would you do if you had an extra hundred dollars in what, Vegas? What, 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 what would you do? Um, if you were there for the big game, would you buy yourself a great dinner? Would you put it all on red? Would you, uh, you know, would would you uh, go to the blackjack table and you know uh, double down on eleven and? Hold on 17 and split those eights. Well, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And this isn't just for the big game, by the way. I was looking at at, uh, tickets for tonight's Villanova game on game time. And you can see the seat view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get a $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use code V-E-G-A-S-100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code P-H-L-Y for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, what else is on wait, your mind? So, wait, wait, so yeah, so I, I just, I, I know you'll talk about players tomorrow. Um, one thing I want to just run by you real quick when you talk about Mitchell the D back from, from Toledo. Cause I, you're, you'll probably get more into evaluation stuff tomorrow as opposed to like Eagle scenarios, I imagine. Um, so Howie Roseman's kind of geared more or leaned more toward the big school player yes. in, in, in recent years, especially early on. And do you think uh, there, there would be, I mean, let's just talk about a type from the beginning. Do you think a, a, a corner from Toledo would cause Senior. some concern? Yeah, yeah. Would, I, would I do not think that that is Harry Roseman's type. Um, I think that would be a surprising pick. I mean, he hasn't used the only first-round pick he's ever used, I believe, on a non-Power 5 player was Carson Wentz. You're right. I, yeah. I believe that's right. Um, and, and sometimes he, he got you know criticized for not going for the big programs either, right? Like, uh, you know, some of them I, – I shouldn't even say the – uh, not elite programs, but but some of your Pac-12 or your Big 12 programs or that aren't, you know, SEC. You kept hearing SEC. I, I wrote a story a few years ago how the Eagles hadn't drafted guys from who had played in the college football playoff, right? They had only like four in X amount of years, and they weren't taking Alabama players for a, a period of time. And then you saw this correction in a major way whether it was purposeful or, or not, you know, Alabama, Georgia guys. And 
they've actually had some success there. Now we need to see how the Georgia guys do, but certainly Jalen Hurts and Landon Dickerson and Devontae Smith, they hit on 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 those three in particular. Yeah, I feel like the the Georgia thing is maybe hit a critical mass. Sure. Like, I, I mean, they're not going to if he's the if there's a Georgia player at the top of their board, I don't think they're going to not take him, but. I don't think that they want to add more Georgia guys. Do you? Well, it is something, you know, I, I don't know if, if they've gotten necessarily the return that they might've thought on some of the Georgia guys. Um, now it's still really early, but like you, you look at this draft, you look at, at men's the right tackle uh, and you just don't see, you just don't see guys who are like six, seven, three forty who can move like that. Then again, we said in the same draft, thing about Jordan Davis. In this draft, yeah. you kind of do, right? Like, it's a loaded offensive line draft. Sure. Um, then, you know, Lasseter, the uh, the corner, um, he's someone, too, who, uh, I mean, from a you know, size, speed perspective, it's going to be appealing. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. They say don't scout the helmet. And I I, I wrote this the other day when I had Mims as, as my mock. Like, if you – as my first round in the, in the mock is that there's a reason why they're taking Georgia players sometimes. And it's because, you know, like you go with the big skilled guys, you know, you go with, with traits and skills early on and, you know, Georgia gets guys with traits. So they like outside of, of the Dean who fell to the third round, Georgia doesn't have a lot of outliers. Georgia has, has guys who, who like, you don't have to talk yourself into the size and the athleticism of a lot of these Georgia players. So of the 10 players who I uh, mentioned as potential first round targets on the article that you can read, if you are a diehard on mm-hmm. all PHLY, uh, you knowing these guys better at this point than I do, who is the one who you think is like the most likely Eagles type player? Oh, Tyler Guyton. And, yeah. you know, I, I obviously heard, heard, heard Dane talk about him, but the other one, um, and I can't say the last name, uh, Kingsley, how how do you pronounce the last name? I think it's Suamatea. Suamatea, who was a former top recruit, went to Oregon, transferred. It's actually funny as I'm watching the Senior Bowl today. It's like you have to put the the second school uh, designation for a lot of these guys because so many of them transfer now. You know, I, I saw the rep between Latu and 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 Kingsley. He had a couple they, matchups today. He's spent yeah. more time. He he's played right tackle and left tackle. He played mostly right tackle today. Uh, so they had that that one on one, and you know they had two consecutive reps one on one. But like like both of those, there was a point when Latu was at Washington and Kingsley was at Oregon, right? And you know now they they mm-hmm. both transferred. Um, I I think though those offensive tackles are what I would really watch as far as the Eagles in the first round. Just looking at it from like what seems like the scope of things and, and where guys are, are likely to be ranked. And, you know, Dan, uh, Daniel Jeremiah came out with his top 50 today. Feels like just to me, the kind of thing where the Eagles would look to trade back and maybe pick up some extra capital and take a tackle at the end of the first round. Maybe I so. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I mean, I don't know if there's a position that they trade up for, that's that's the thing. I, you know, I, I think if they trade up, it's more for premium positions. Uh, and I, I don't know if they're going to trade up again for a defensive tackle or it's a bad edge rusher class this year. Uh, so then you're, you're going to trade up then for an offensive tackle, right? When you could probably trade back. I don't think they trade up for a corner. 
Um, you know, I, I think there's there's going to be some decent corners in the range where they're drafting, but I think actually second round is probably a better spot for corners. But when you look at the I actually, strength, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying when you look at the strength of this year's class, and I, I know it's still early, but it's it's an offensive heavy draft. You know, we've seen years where there's that run on defensive linemen. This year, it's really wide receivers are a big strength here. Offensive tackles, all, all, offensive line overall, big strength here. Um, so those are the two positions that they really jump out. There's some good corners, but it's not a good defensive front draft relative to past years. I actually think if you were going to tell me right now the Eagles are going to trade up from 22, which I think is a long shot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to do that. But I, I kind of think corner is the one that makes sense because it's the it's the position where it's not quite as deep, it seems. Sure. There might be a guy who you view as a, a totally different tier who is worth getting. It's a, obviously a position of immense need long term, and like they're not going to draft a they're not going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, yeah. right? And complicate those dynamics that way. I think they need to add somebody, a tight end or a wide receiver at some point in the middle rounds. But I don't think they're going to trade up for the tackle either necessarily, unless it's like there's a there's a run of like three or four guys who are all at the top tier and, and there's only one of them left. Maybe you move up a little bit for that, but like targeting a guy corner is the one that's, that sort of makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and we have obviously ample time to talk about it, but both those, yeah. those, we're those here. Bama we're starting corners. draft season. Yeah. Both the Bama corners, uh, Cooley, McKinstry and, and Arnold. And then, uh, you know, the Clemson corner, um, those are, are the, you know, those are, are three that, that would kind of, be near the top there. Although if you want to look for a sleeper for a trade up and I think that he'll, I think he'll go top 10. So it's not a possibility, but if he slips Brock Bowers, yeah, you gotta, uh, you're going to have to miss me with this. We're, this is, we're, we're gonna, probably going to be going over this for a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I just think Brock Bowers is, I'm sorry. Brock Bowers is a special tight end prospect uh, and just a rare, rare player. Now, the one thing I will say is the long history of tight ends taking a long time to make an impact in the NFL has changed a little bit over the recent. I mean, obviously, we saw Sam Laporta's year, but uh, tight ends have have been able to make a a quicker impact lately. But I do not think they're going to be trading up for Brock Bowers. No, no, I I just I'm saying we were talking about trade up candidates where, where you look to trade up. It's often when there's a drop off at the position, right? If you have three corners graded around the same, you're not going to give up picks, especially when you only have one third rounder this year. And it's, it, well, you only have one third rounder most years, but you traded your third rounder. So your third rounder is your comp pick from, you know, that you're expected to get. Uh, they have a lot of fifth round picks, but like you don't want to give up one of those seconds, right? So I, I, I think that. There, there could be corners there at 22 for them. I do agree that's the most likely trade-up spot. But I, I think corners, tackles, you'll find decent players there in the 20s. What is your opinion, having watched all of these guys on uh, the quarterbacks who are here, Zach? The quarterbacks who are there. Yes. Okay. Because uh, I thought you were going to say the quarterbacks in general. I no, mean no, – no. we'll, 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 yeah. we'll save that for later. 
Yeah, Michael Penix is. So the guys um, who are here, Michael Penix from Washington. Yeah. Bo Nix from Bo Oregon. Nicks, yeah. Sam Hartman from Wake Forest and Notre Dame. And, and, and yeah. then on the other side, uh, it's like a huge drop off to the quarterbacks uh, on the other team. Spencer Rattler, who is like way smaller than I expected. Yeah. He's very small. Uh, Joe Milton from Tennessee. Michael Pratt from Tulane. And Gus Bradley's son, Carter Bradley hmm. from South Alabama. I came up with a name for him last night. I didn't What's know that it was his son. Fran uh, explained to me that this was Gus Bradley's son. And his name, I said, what's his name? And he said, his name is Carter. And I said, oh, they went, we can go from the Gus bus to the Carter charter. <laughs> well done. Well done. And experienced that Chick-fil-A in the South Alabama Student Union quite a bit, I imagine. Um, I've been there, done that. Um, <laughs> so, you are, sir. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, of the quarterbacks there, Michael Penix would be the guy who I, I, I like the most. And, I mean, that's that's not going on a, a ledge saying that, but dealt with a lot of injuries early on in his career when he was at Indiana. Yeah, and people, I, people are – it seems like Bo Nix is going to be a first-round pick. This is weird to me. I think Bo Nix will be a first-round pick, yeah. I, I mean, the age thing, you kind of hold that against him. But, like, he was awesome last year at, 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 at Oregon. Um, there are five – quarterbacks who I, who I think could could go first round um I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here I was I was I was speaking speaking to Tyler Zuli uh in the office yesterday Tyler's a big college football fan as well and Tyler was was saying like if you want a quarterback you got to go this year not next year right next year's not considered as good of a quarterback class now things can always shake out differently we'll see but this is a quarterback year and uh obviously we we know the top three or the 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 you know uh, Kay Williams, Drake May, uh, and then Jaden Daniels, but I think those two guys who are who are there, Michael Penix and and uh, Bo Nix, will both be first round picks. Just from watching them today, one day of practice, not a, a super noteworthy piece of information, but just from watching them today, Penix or Penix looked by far. The best to me. Uh, like the way the ball comes out of his hand, very accurate. Bo- Bonick struggled today, um, yeah. but you know these are like very difficult uh, situations where you're, you're working with guys you've never thrown to before and all that stuff. But Penix looks good. I love a lefty, so uh, there's, there do. are there are not enough lefties playing quarterback in the in the NFL. So let's let's get him in in the in the, in the first round. I'm I'm curious though. I'm watching so I'm watching this today and the Noah Tongi news breaks. That mm. did not make the NFL network. Uh the talk of the NFL network was Ben Johnson. Okay. Uh so very interesting. Yeah. So it seemed to be Ben Johnson, there was a, a lot of Ben Johnson buzz down there, but like what's what's the buzz? Because I I've I've been there in those stands when you know, something happens. I mean, vividly, I recall uh, whether it was two years ago or three years ago. It's all kind of running together now. But when the Brian Flores lawsuit came out, right, and and we're there and we're all sitting there, and it's like, man, you know, this is it's like what everyone's talking about, right? Uh, so, what was the buzz? Was it was it Ben Johnson? Was it coaching changes overall? Like, what's everyone talking about on the bleachers? Yeah, when the Ben Johnson thing broke today, that was that was the talk of the uh, of the stands for for a little bit. Um, whether like he thought he wasn't going to get the job, or like he really does just want to finish things in Detroit, uh, whatever it is, I don't know. I can't I can't speak for Ben Johnson. It's an interesting 
thing to me. I mean, it seemed like people I was talking to over the past couple of weeks, it was like foregone conclusion that he was going to Washington and Adam Peters was going to get his man. Right. And so definitely interesting. What about you? Yeah, that, that did surprise me. Right. Um, so who do you know, think, so, I mean, we talked about uh, McDonald. I, I kind of think he's going to get one of these two jobs. Uh, who's going to get the other one? Well, just real quick, Josina Anderson had had the report a few weeks ago that like Ben Johnson was asking for a lot of money, and then I saw Schefter had a tweet today that said like he, you know his what he was asking for was scaring teams off a bit. Give me a break. So I, I don't know if uh, that factored into things or or not, but yeah, that I don't. I that actually did surprise me. who tweeted this, but they were right, um, and so I apologize, but like. There's no, there's no salary cap for coaches. Ask for what you want. Like, don't, you get be scared off by a, a the salary demand of a head coach. Hire the guy you want to hire. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, so it's not like, he, it's not like yeah. he's taking away like a. It's not like a quarterback where you can't all of a sudden you can't pay sure. an edge rusher. Like, give me a break. Yeah, but but there's always you know a, a price that you consider too much, right? Yeah, but I, 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 I don't I know can't what he's imagine asking he was for. asking for like five hundred million dollars. Like <laughs> he was asking for something within the range of a of a of a head coach salary. Like if you want him, get him. I'm not yeah. saying, and I'm not saying yeah. That, yeah, I would definitely hire him either. I'm just saying, like, yeah, give you know, give me a break with uh, he was asking for too much money. Yeah, I I, I don't know the specifics there. Uh, that's I'm that's just something that has 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 come out since. So. Uh, where do they turn? I mean, Mike McDonald's is interesting to me, right? Um, you know, actually pleasant from the Ravens too is someone who's who's held in high regard. He's the assistant head coach there, Aubrey Pleasant. Uh, now, when you look at it, like I would talk to Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. I don't know what the the uh, interest is there between Dan Quinn and Mike Vrabel. I I might you know kind of steer toward toward Vrabel, but I think if you're the Eagles, we're talking about having these guys in the division. I think you would have been a little bit worried about Ben Johnson as a guy you had to go up against twice a year. I don't think you need to worry about Mike Vrabel. I mean, yeah. uh, or, or Dan Quinn. I mean, like, yeah, he's well, going well, to get more out of them, right? But, like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like a Mike Vrabel team is not difficult to prepare for. Well, frankly, I think if, if you're an Eagles fan and if you're watching this right now, you're an Eagles fan, I presume – you want them to hire Dan Quinn because that weakens the Cowboys right away. Like Not the true. the Commanders are going to take some time. The Cowboys. I saw. Then... Yeah, I I saw a a quote from uh, Jerry Jones today that like they're all in for next year, right? Which kind of which struck me as odd because I thought they were all in for last year too. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, if if you're trying to get a D coordinator now, now now maybe Al Harris is the guy, right? And you promote him, and it's and it's seamless, but. I think Dan Quinn is a high level coordinator. So yeah, just like Dean said there, if, if Dan Quinn goes to Washington, uh, I think that that weakens that Cowboys coaching staff, but especially if he brings chip, that would be fun. He played against chip twice a year. Sure. Uh, at, at the site of the first chip game. Imagine but, if Josh Harris, uh, you know, relents to Ben Johnson's demand. He's like, all right, we're going to pay you what you need. And then the next day announces that the Sixers have traded Tyrese Maxey because they're not going to be able to afford his <laughs> long-term extension yeah. now. Cause they, he's got Ben Johnson instead. Yeah. I think those are coming from two separate pots, but sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know where they turn. Mike McDonald's interesting to me. And I, I think if you're not fixated on the offensive uh, head coach part of it, 
one thing that I I was really impressed with Mike McDonald all all year, but I was impressed with him this this past weekend because what jumped out to me is like Andy Reid had a great initial script, right? They scored early, and then the Ravens adjusted and shut just them shut them down, yeah. just shut them down. And that to me is a, a sign. Now a head coach is more it's it's about more than scheme, right? There's a difference between being a good coordinator and a good coach. But when you look at like the merit of what Mike McDonald's done, um, and He's worked in an outstanding organization there. Uh, he's he's been at Michigan, right? He's been at Georgia. Um, I I think that's something that, that that they should look hard at. But they're talking to Aaron Glenn today too. You know, is it Aaron Glenn or Glenn Aaron? It's Aaron Glenn. Glenn Aaron Hill. Uh, <laughs> um. So I I don't know where they turn. Frankly, I I thought at the beginning it was going to be Belichick. Uh, with, what do you make with, of with this? Washington. No Belichick. Yeah, that. I mean, clearly the Falcons. Now, I I'd like Raheem Morris, so I, I, to, I don't think it's not higher. Just you know, you get, get get a zip file, use a, a Wii transfer, and send Josh Harris your folder. See if see if it moves him. <laughs> I mean, if you watch that Saban Belichick documentary, but no, I'm I'm curious to see where they turn, and then Seattle's still out there as as well. I keep seeing. You know, don't sleep on on Mike Kafka in Seattle, which would strike me as very odd. But you know, you have this these pick of coaches, and you go with Kafka. But still, uh, the Ben Johnson thing did throw a a wrench in what people were expecting. So, so that was the buzz. There was uh, was Ben Johnson. What else were people talking about on this on the sideline? Well, is that a good question? Because I can I can show you a video of the hmm. kinds of things we were talking about on the sidelines. Now, you can read the uh, collection of uh, options for the Eagles if you are a diehard. We hope that you, you become a diehard if you are not yet a diehard. But uh, before we get there, I had a chance to talk to Olivia Reiner from The Inquirer about the ways in which her work was maybe affecting your livelihood, Zach. Uh, so let's let's listen to that now. Buddy, Bo Wolf here at the Senior Bowl again with the award-winning journalist Olivia Reiner. Uh, Olivia, first of all, how are you? I'm doing well, Bo. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, for joining us here. Now, uh, busy travel week for you. Not only are you here in Alabama, you were in Baltimore over the weekend. Got the Jason Kelsey scoop. What was uh, what was the story behind that? Yeah, so obviously that was like the dream would be to talk to Kelsey after the game, and I went to that game with the hope that. Potentially, I would see him or run into him somehow, but I, I knew that that, like I said, was kind of like the lofty goal. So that wasn't when I was going down after the game. That wasn't my like my backup plan. I had okay. a backup plan. If I wasn't, what was the backup plan? Just to kind of write a little bit more generally about the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl for a second consecutive, you know, consecutive season. Okay. Unlike the Eagles, kind of how they were able to do that despite going through some adver- adversity earlier in the season, and talking to some of the players, but that quickly went out the window. So when I went down there, I was just kind of my first. Uh, I don't know. What I thought to do was just to follow Travis around Smart. until I found potentially Jason, and that's essentially what happened. Did you uh, did you get caught up in the Swift 
at I all? did, I did, yeah. That ended up being a byproduct of my expedition okay. was seeing the two of them, Travis and Taylor. And so was it like most people were following Taylor and you were offered Correct, That's correct. Nice. I, okay. I did, I got a video of Travis and Taylor kind of celebrating okay. after the game. And then once that was done, I was like, okay, I actually, so Travis walked up to the stage to accept like with the rest of his team, the AFC title. And then once I knew where he was and that he was kind of, you know, going to be over there, I turned around more or less and there Jason was. So it worked out really well. Well, I know he was happy to see you, I imagine. Yeah, I think he was happy to just be there and happy to see a lot of people. A lot of people wanted to talk to him. A lot of people wanted photos with him. So I was lucky enough to get a few minutes with him. So it worked out. Generally speaking, how was the first full year on the Eagles beat for you? Oh, it was really nice. I'm very lucky to work with some really awesome, experienced people who guided me along the right way. Um, So we've got a good team. And I I enjoyed it. It was kind of like a little bit familiar going back to the NFL after I covered the Packers for three years and then moved to the Flyers beat. Uh, So covered that team for a couple seasons and now back in the NFL. So there is some familiar, there are familiar aspects of covering an NFL team. And I enjoyed that. I especially enjoyed the schedule compared to the NHL season. Yes. A little less chaotic. But all in all, you know, good season, a lot of good stories, all good stuff. And you're okay knowing that you getting that Jason Kelsey scoop like ruined Zach's oh, I'm so a sorry. couple hours of his life. <laughs> sorry, Zach. So, I love Zach a lot. I, I have a lot of respect for Zach. So I, any if he is at all, you know, if he has those feelings, that means actually it means a lot to me. You know what though? It, so you much. you have uh, gotten yourselves back in our good graces because you did hook me up with sunscreen. So you're welcome. You have you have saved the day on that front. What do you make of Mobile? Did you come here when you were covering the Packers? No, this is actually my first experience, so I'm really enjoying it so far. I really didn't know what to expect, and to me, this is a lot. I think that this is a good turnout. I don't know. Apparently, compared to maybe some pre-pandemic years, it might not be as well attended, but to me, this is a lot of people for this event. It's uh, fun to see. Good to see some football. feels like it's been so long for us. There you go. Maybe <laughs> better than the, the football we saw at the end of the season. Uh, sure. All right. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for taking the time. That'll do it for uh, PHLY. Thanks for listening. Were you uh, negatively affected by that Kelsey interview, Zach? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I was envious, right? Now, I, 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 really, I really respected Olivia. Like, she did great work there. She got the story. Um, she's Olivia. Sports, yeah, she's the sports writer of the. Uh, she's a Pennsylvania State Sports Writer of the Year, um, and she's she's well, done a well, job. I mean, hold on, hold on. Co. Co. With Mike Jensen, who's awesome. Yeah. But still, yeah. No, I'm saying she's got to share the she, crown. I mean, let's. Just, yeah, she's awesome. Let's be like, accurate. <laughs> like, uh, so it it didn't necessarily throw a wrench because, like, like I. It, it bothers me more if we're both in the locker room together and she gets something that I don't right. Or like we're both working on something and she gets something that, that I don't like we're listening. You know, I, I was at the Enquirer for seven years. Um, I did like the postseason circuit. Uh, I loved it. It was so much fun. And I really respect that because like, because it's hard as hell, like to, 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 to go there knowing that you need to find a, a story for your readership. Um, how are you going to do it? Like you don't have the relationships in the, in the locker room. Um, you know, like I, I remember when Gus Bradley was a candidate being down in Washington 
uh, when they when they beat the they beat the then Washington football team, right? I remember being in Carolina. I remember being when Sean McDermott uh, got to the Super Bowl. I remember being um, out in Denver uh, for a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady game. Um, so anyway, so I, that's a, a way of saying that that uh, at the Inquirer, that's that's like part of of, of what you do. I I think. Uh, I would probably have to give like a convincing argument why I, I would be covering playoff games at, at PHLY. Um, you could so trim it down though. Easy, easy one to get to. Yeah, I probably in hindsight, you know, yeah, I probably um, could have made that. Um, but no, I um, I have so much respect for her, and uh, she she delivered that. Um, like it's that's not handed to you. You got to get on the field. You got to find Jason. You got to get Jason yeah, be willing to talk, and you got to get Jason to be honest too. And so she did awesome and, uh, and she deserved that. So, uh, yeah, I was envious of the story for sure. Like I saw it and I said, damn, like, I wish I got that, but I will say it's, it, 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 it didn't pain me the same way if, you know, we were both working on who the Eagles were hiring. But so then let me ask you this, Zach, why does it yeah. pain you so much to be asleep when the, when the news of Kellen Moore breaks, when you're not, everybody's getting that anyway, you're not breaking that. Well, I mean, a, 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 you hope you're on top of it, but also, you know, when it happens, you want people to to, to come to you uh, for what you think, you know, and if you're eight hours late on that, that's I think that's you should bad. give yourself the that's same bad. grace for that, that you're giving yourself no. for the Kelsey thing. It's, it's, no. it's much less, no. it's actually much less of a thing because it's not, it, it, all, all you're talking about is putting out a couple tweets. No, there. No, I could have written something. I, you know, we could have done an, an emergency show on Saturday night. There's, I was not going to do an emergency show Saturday night. I could have done a uh, video on demand. Like, yeah, I, I should have been in a better positioned on on Saturday night. Um, the game Sunday. I did uh, see we have a good. We have a uh, we have a uh, a comment from a, a pharmacist, Defop, who is who is making the case that you should not be giving Advil PM such. Uh, such such gas you know you don't need the advil and you you, you need just some over-the-counter benadryl to get you to sleep <laughs> my bad <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah i i <laughs> i will take that it's just it's kind of like what i had in the medicine cabinet i think this right? is an old uh this is an old shields mom tip yeah. that you know you never you never need the 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 brand name thing it's yeah. all you just get the generics it's just what I had in the medicine cabinet. So that's, that's, that's all it was, but my fault there. Maybe get some codeine next time in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, but uh, let me ask you too, what's it like down in, 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 in Mobile? Like every time I'm there, it seems like it's, it's grown a bit since the year before the event changed. You know, it, it used to be at Lee Peebles. Now it's at South Alabama. Um you know, is, yeah, so is it, there's, is it a, there's a lot of uh, senior bowl hipsterism going okay. on from uh, those of us who have who have been here, who have been coming here for you know over a decade now, uh, mm-hmm. because it has gotten not as good for the media. I think sure. part of that is is because it has maybe made it easier to attract the players. Uh, there is like the the media access is much less. Um, you know, it used to be, you, you got to be like right on the sidelines during practice, watching practice. Now, uh, it's much more segmented. Um, there, you know, there used to be like times for 
everybody to talk to the players like on a Monday before practices started, you could, you, you know, there was like an hour when you got to talk to the players from every team uh, that has been eliminated uh, that, you know, it used to be like, there was like a radio row that was like in the player hotel and now you need credentials to get there. Um, but the flip side is they've, you know, they're, they're attracting better talent in theory. I don't know if that's actually how it's played out in practice, but um it's still good. It's still fun. It's still a, a great way to see all of these players on the field. Uh, the last time you'll see them on the field before the draft, you know, the combine is great. You need those measurables, but uh, this is the last time to, to see them in action. Good point. Uh, and and it's, it's also great because it's, you know, it's a, it's a small town, the, the sure. downtown of Mobile. And so, you know, you, you pop into the different restaurants and bars and there are, uh, you know, different familiar faces from, the NFL. I think that, I think that too, it's like we talked about at the beginning, like not all the head coaches and GMs are necessarily coming like they used to, but uh, it's still, it's still some fun people watching. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the cool part about like mobile and Indianapolis for the combine too, is that you're all kind of scattered in a central place. You're generally going to the same restaurants or coffee shops or bars. And, you know, if, if you did a senior bowl in a, in a different city, it it wouldn't have that same effect. Same way if the combine moved, right? If the combine was in Los Angeles, people would be all over the place, right? Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't be the convention element that you get. And 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 that's even more the case in 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 uh in Alabama because you know there's like four or five hotels in the downtown area. There's a lot of people who actually have to stay on the outskirts and then get into downtown. Uh so yeah it's I'm like I said at the top of the show, I have uh, I have FOMO. Um, you know, I or I, I am envious of, of you and living vicariously through uh, all the reporters down there. FOMO better than MoFo. I I, I would say so. Mm-hmm. I would say so. How was the show yesterday? Uh, I at the top, it was a good show. You did a good yeah. job running the show. Love it. Emily said he, he did a great job. Emily said, "Why are you nervous?" Like I was like really preparing you know she's like i've never seen you you know nervous for a show i said bo is so good at running you know the show at being like the point guard at i would say even more than point guard the quarterback right the point guard's more of the distributor you're like you are you know you're you're central to the offense right so now like the backup quarterback gets in and i gotta know all the play calls i gotta know the ins i gotta know the opens the ins and outs um you know, I got, I got to have my eye on the time. I got to listen to what he's saying, Rich, so I can have the conversation, but also be aware of like, what is, uh, you know, we need to get to this ad break. And then also what's the chat saying? Is there a super chat? Um, I had a few things I, I want to get into. You, you, you don't want to go too deep on a single topic, but you don't want to go bare. So this was all stuff that I was, I was playing out. I, I mapped out what the show would be. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. I have, I have more respect for you. Well, that's kind of you to say, I appreciate that, but it, you, it, it didn't, there was no, there was no drop off. You, you did a good job running the show. How did it feel? I was fun. Yeah. I, Rich was great to speak with Julia as always. I did an amazing job and um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. But yes, as as Ryan says in the chat, there is I do have one complaint about about the show. The I, I the I I love you at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Your emotions, you know. I am though. It's like your emotions and my emotions are are different. I love when Tony Kornheiser says, 
you know, we'll do better tomorrow or, you know, yeah, it'll be a better show tomorrow. Something of, uh, along those lines. That's, that's a sentiment. That what I, a rude thing to say in front of rich. No, it's, it's more, you should want to be better every day. Right. I, I, I don't want to be worse th- tomorrow. I don't want to be the same tomorrow. I know today ha- has not been my best show. I will not be on the show tomorrow. Please. Thursday, I'm going to bring it. Friday, I'm going to bring it. So yeah, like I, uh, I very much feel like that's it. If your sentiment is I love you to the crowd, my sentiment is I promise you a better show tomorrow. I think that's sweet. Yeah. Even if you're, you know, thumbing your nose at the beloved listeners and viewers. Never, never. By the way, if I, I put in the discord and if you are a diehard, that's part of the benefit is you have the discord channel. You can uh, submit questions. Discord right here. I see what you did there. You can submit uh, questions in the diehard um, in in the Eagles mailbag uh, tab, and I will answer every single question. I got that inspiration from Charlie O'Connor. I, I used to pick like eight or ten. I'm going to answer every question within reason, right? Like if if you're asking for honeymoon details or something like that. Don't need to do that, but like within reason. Why would you take it there of all places? (laughs) No, I'm uh, I'm saying like I. This is not the form for like personal stuff, but um, I will answer. uh, (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Of all the things you could have said that were unreasonable, you had to go to your own honeymoon. Well, you because you always. No, you always bring that up to me, right? I know, but so, some people don't know that background story. You're talking about like where you went on your honeymoon. The way that you said it was talk, you're talking about, you know, the details of the down and dirty. That's not, that's not at all what I was referring to, Bo. I was referring to – come on. Okay. Point be being – An inappropriate question for a mailbag, no. but, you know. Now, point being anything. – Point being, uh, I will take all your Eagles questions. I will take if you have like industry questions, if you have anything like that, I'd be happy to answer. So, um, yeah, put that in the Discord, and I will coordinate with Bo when his Senior Bowl content's coming out. But I'm 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 going to work on uh, that tomorrow, and it could run on Thursday or Friday. Sounds good. We look forward to that. Uh, remember, you can be a diehard on allphly.com get a good deal and you also get uh in addition to all that content you get uh and the discord you get you get discounts on the on the merch so all that stuff is worth it and make sure that you are liking and subscribing doing all that stuff on the youtube page thank you to everybody for watching and listening today i will be back tomorrow with francis duffy to talk uh senior bowl quackatology we will have at that point two practices each from the american and national teams down here in Mobile to talk about. We're going to try to match guys who might make sense for the Eagles in different rounds. And then on Thursday, Zach and Handsome Rich back in the saddle before Zach and I are back together in person on Friday. So a fun week of shows here on PHLY. Thank you to Julia. And then Vegas next week. Make sure we, yeah, let's just keep saying that. We'll be on the scene in Vegas next week. So pump for that. And then Vegas next week. (laughs) And then Vegas next week. And okay. then Vegas next week. <laughs> and then Vegas next week. 
and then Vegas <laughs> next week. All right, we, we got it. And then Vegas next week. Well, he told me to keep saying it. And then Vegas <laughs> next week. You don't have to keep saying it. I just wanted to and reinforce then Vegas that. next week. We, I just want to reinforce that. The company's making a big investment in having us on, on Radio Row, and we will be there uh, giving you the sights and sounds and scenes and interviews, and it's it's going to be fun. And then Vegas next week. So for all of us here at PHLY, we thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, for Zach, we love you. Y'all silly like the mayor. 